Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. Let's Chat is a long-form conversational chat where I sit down with folks from the world of punk rock, podcasting, and pop culture. We've got a wonderful episode today. We have Scott Crawford, a documentary filmmaker who you may know from his work from the quintessential hardcore documentary, Salad Days, or his most recent flick, Cream, America's Only Rock and Roll Magazine. And Scott is currently working on his latest flick, which is called Something Better Change, which follows uh, which follows legendary punk band DOA and frontman Joe Keithley is his shocking political victory. And so this documentary is going to follow uh, uh, Joe Keithley as he runs again for office up in Canada. And fascinating, fascinating story. It's a, I, I called this uh, Punk Rock Parks and Rec. And it sounded as if Scott and Sean also agreed with that. Oh, that's right. We also have a, a, a great friend of ours, friend of the show, Sean Cologne, as a guest host. So Sean had connected me with Scott back in October when Sean and I had produced our um, punk rock documentary filmmaker roundtable. You can find that YouTube, Facebook, on our any of our pages. Uh, we'll be posting that everywhere as well again. And it was tons of fun. We had Sean and Scott. Taylor Morning, who made Pick It Up, Scott in the 90s, and The Last Blockbuster, and John Nix, who made Beyond Barricades, The Story of Antiflag. Uh, you could find those. Um, that was tons of fun. And now John, Scott, Sean, and Taylor are all past guests. So go back in the, the archives and you can listen to their episodes. Sean's come on a bunch as a guest and a guest host. So thank you, Sean. Um, that punk rock doc filmmakers roundtable meant the world to me on a lot of levels because it was really fun. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And the next day when we had our let's chat meeting, we, we formed, we formed let's chat media that day. We were been working together, trying to kind of figure out what we're doing. And the let's chat has kind of grown and taken on a life of its own. We've now are, uh, we have let's chat with Chris Rebels, our podcast. We have let's chat live, our video podcast, which you can find on YouTube and Facebook page. Our, Every Tuesday at 8.30 and some Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. EST as well. And that is hosted by myself and Brianna Benjamin, my business partner and producer and friend extraordinaire. And we rotate our, the host. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's Bree. Sometimes you see producer Chris Ball or Robert or one of our Let's Chat Club members. It's been really great. Uh, that's been a lot of fun as well. And we also have just been really just plugging away. So I personally am super excited for... Uh, something better change, as I'm sure you are. There is a Kickstarter going on right now. They're a few thousand dollars under their goal of 50000 So if you hear this, give a donation like I plan on tonight. Um, anything to, you can do can help. Uh, Scott and Sean, we uh, get starters and a lot of stuff I didn't know, which was really cool. I, I like to learn. So that was really cool to learn about what really goes into running a Kickstarter. Um, so you could watch Salad Days, uh, which Scott's documentary, or Sean's uh, flick, off Fat Rec, a documentary about uh, Fat Records. Those are both streaming on Amazon Prime, so give those a watch. Even if you're not going to, I don't know, even put it on, walk away for a little while, give these guys a couple bucks any chance you can. They deserve it. Amazon don't need that money. Uh, so if you can, give a, give a donation. I apologize for the audio isn't perfect. We had some technical issues, but uh, I think it will work for the best it is. And uh, last but not least, if you are listen to this and possibly you might want to know a little bit more about our club our let's chat club uh, we have some new members we're just welcoming uh so our let's chat club 
is an online community that empowers content creators, creatives to monetize their passion project while making industry connections. Let's Chat Club helps create and build and strengthen their brands and build infrastructure to succeed. We offer classes, networking opportunities, and have an array of expertise to help you with all your podcasting needs. On top of that, besides like uh, we have a private Facebook group and a private Discord, uh, we've it's been a lot of fun. It's a great sense of both community and people who are really passionate and serious about this stuff and really want to take their podcast or whatever their creative project is to that next level while also having fun and making connections. And, uh, you know, it's February and there's cool in a, in a pandemic, so life can be isolating. So having a community has been really helpful as well. So you can find out all that information is on letschatpodcast.net. Find us on all the things at Let's Chat Podcast or at Let's Chat Live. And um, let's get to it. So much for doing this we're super excited i know we got to work together a little bit when we did the the, the round table which was super fun we had i had a blast that was yeah, one that of the cool great. things that i've done that was a lot that's great all of you have and now now two of you are possibly going to be getting nominated for an oscar so anyway we could uh, push that <laughs> well uh, that's, that's kind of insane yeah, that's I, just insane i don't know how that happens that's... but yeah it, it's a very long list of uh, um you know we're just in that long list of like, hey, maybe, and then you get to oh, the cool. then you get to the short list, and then they make a shorter list, and then they make you know. So, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, yeah, but I've never even close to to maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's far from that, but yeah, but I I was kind of you know I think that's just really more a a function of the distributor and and um, getting it in front of the right people and stuff like that, but but yeah, um, that was that was crazy news, but. Uh, yeah, so I, it was fun doing like research for this about you because like last time I was like really more focused on salad days and learning about that. And like now kind of I was going back and like learning about it. Like, I guess I, man, it, it's insane. You were, it, the, the scene that you were involved in is so, and especially every year it goes on, it becomes more and more and more legendary, which I know you did so great with salad days. But I, I didn't realize that you were also like an author and like you were, uh, with the editor in chief of like a harp, and like you had like a, a long career prior prior to uh, becoming a filmmaker. So I'm just kind of curious here, what was the transition from writer to filmmaker? Was that always the goal? No, actually, it wasn't. Um, I didn't really have any uh, real interest. I mean, I've always been a movie guy, movie, you know, and certainly um, made a point when I was doing the magazine of covering music documentaries um, and, and uh, music, you know, film related stuff that had to do with music, uh, but no, it didn't have any, but um, having said that, like um, when the magazine ended, the magazine folded in 2008, which is sort of like the year that like magazines died. Um, everything, everything yeah, fucking, sorry. you know, and- uh, <laughs> You did it, Chris, it was you? <laughs> and <laughs> it was really, and so, um, that I, I started thinking about writing a book um, about kind of coming of age in the DC punk scene and um, and started working on an outline and, and things like that. And then I realized, well, you know, the best part of this story is the music ultimately. It's not not me or whatever. So uh, that's what made me think about doing a uh, documentary. And, and also kind of like when you do a magazine, it's like 
when you launch a magazine, they always tell you, look at the newsstand and tell and, and, and fill a niche because you're going to die. I mean, the chance of a magazine surviving more than a year is like the odds are stocked so, stacked so high against you. And, um, and so I, I remembered that. And so I, um, I looked at kind of like the documentary landscape at that point, music documentary landscape and realized no one had done one about DC. And I was like, what the fuck? This is like one of the greatest, most important music, you know, punk rock scenes of the, you know, well, even today, you know, but- um, Of the world. Yeah, specifically in the eighties when I came of age. So I thought this, we got to do this. So um, I just kind of took that punk rock approach that I had, you know, from doing a zine when I was a kid and, and, and to, to doing, to launching a magazine actually um, as well, but that was later bought. And then I ran that for about eight years, but, um, and so we just, so I reached out to my friend, Jim Saw, who's um, been documenting the scene. and He's a documentary photographer, you know, he's documented all, you know, various, um, you know, news around the world. And um, so uh, I reached out to him and he's, you know, it took a little convincing, but we, 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 we found our way and uh, just started doing it. The whole thing took about three and a half years, but it was a real learning process. But um, I was really, you know, I was blown away by the response and, and um, really kind of happy. It's hard to watch now. It's kind of like, oh, but, um, but there's some, some, some parts in there that I really love. So. Yeah, well, it's it's a uh, yeah. You you're too close to it, but from the outside perspective, like myself and Sean, like like especially like in our like scene or our like niche communities, it's like it seems to be like the gold standard of docs of that time. Thank so, you. Like, I you. watch it and don't see anything wrong with it, but I, I'm sure. Do you feel that way when you watch a fat wreck because you made it? So obviously, it's just you're too close to it. I can't watch it. Yeah. I mean, right. Anyway, I mean, I, I'm glad. It, I I love it. Like a. It's like a child that grew up and has now had its own life and doing things. And I'll revisit every once in a while. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, like it was cringy. Even parts were cringy for me, even after, right when it came out. <laughs> there, there are parts where I had to like leave the theater because of their audio problems or like yeah. something bugged me. I, I still like, although I'll say this every once in a while, like uh, Chris, I think you've mentioned something about the movie before. And then so I've gone back and watched that part. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we did that. <laughs> like yeah. the part with the drum, the, the kick drum thing that we did. Mm -hmm. it's, it's such yeah. a silly little thing, but it's like, it's like, oh, that, I, we did a bunch of fun stuff like that. Uh, so I, 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 I want to get even further away from it before I probably watch the whole thing again. I've, sure. I've dipped in to like watch a thing here or there as I was like doing some promotion or having to cut, cut up part of it for some advertising or something. I've like caught myself watching a section and being like, oh, I forgot we used that on hold music and, the, and, and we got that from them and that's not available anywhere. Uh, you can't get it. You can only get it on the whole music. They, in fact, they were very specific about not putting it out anywhere. So, like, took them. It took. Uh, anyway, I didn't mean to go into a, 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 an anecdote. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm. I mean, Scott at least has another movie that he put out. I'm. St I'm still in that uh, production <laughs> yeah. hell where I'm still yeah, like, got, working on movies, and I'm like. Am I a filmmaker or am I a film dabbler? <laughs> it's, 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 it's so it's funny. Like in my line of work is um 
I, I work in behavioral health and okay. it's it, it's it seems to be like the universal trip for like creatives and for, for art and for everything like like it's the reason we all have to hire like people have to hire a therapist like no one can see their own problems you always need that outside perspective i just it's it's so fascinating i think it's so funny that like with with art or if it's like your own mental health physical health it's just it's like a universal truth that we all kind of constantly forget but like i need you need another perspective to really get the full truth yeah no it's true what do you think scott um i don't know why i do this sometimes i i, I don't um uh, you know when you're in the middle of it and you're in the thick of it and you're just like oh my god but yet here i am working on a new one and i'm i feel like i'm like a 12 year old like i'm really excited about it and I'm, I'm like i'm excited that other people seem to be into the idea and it's always that thing of like where you think you have a, a really great idea for a film but like then you you know then you share it with other people and you know you kind of wait for that like oh Mm, that's a great idea you know or people are excited so uh, it's it's good to see that it's resonating with some folks because sometimes you think it's just you <laughs> well i i love you pick for this one because it like it, from like the trailers i'm just like reading everything about it like uh we all need a big a little bit of a, a syringe if you will of just optimism within politics and then have the punk rock crossover like i was just watching it as a little stone the other night and in my head i'm like hey, it's like it's like punk rock parks and rec <laughs> it kind of is actually oh i, I love that you know, i love that i was joking about the other that. day with somebody it's true and we're going to capture a lot of that you know because we're going to be in the city council with him and you're going to see i think there's going to be some some real just sort of um comedy and humor that comes with this and uh I, i'm looking forward to it because it's, it's he's not, a funny guy he is a funny guy yeah. um we should say the name of the film the name of the film is something better change which is um actually uh, a doa album and um but it's it's about joe keithley who's a singer of doa and um continues to be but um ran for office in his hometown of burnaby which is a uh, population about two hundred fifty thousand, like six times over the course of like 15 years and then finally won um this in 2018 and when i read that i was like so bummed about what was going on um politically in this country, as I think a lot of us were. Um, and when I saw that, I just went like, you know, fuck, I needed that news. That was a really like a bright spot, you know? And I just felt like, um, what a great story. And, and let's, hey, let's, you know, cover him. Let's, let's follow him into his next election and, and see what that's like. And so I approached him so with the idea and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we're just gonna be following around win or lose I mean, that's kind of the fun thing about this is like, you know, we're going to be capturing it as it's happening and win or lose, that's the, you know, it's the film. So, um, yeah, you have a good arc. Yeah. You got a built in arc, yeah. you son of a bitch. I hate you so much. <laughs> and it'll be, you know, we need to, it's about Joey and DOA. So, um, so there'll be, you know, obviously a part of the film will be about DOA and the kind of impact that they made. And you need to create, you know, context for folks to understand, you know, why this guy is doing what he's doing and who he is. So that'll be in there as well. But it'll be interesting for me to do something where I'm, it's in the now, it's happening, right? I'm, mm. it's like this sort of verite where you're in, it's happening and you're covering it and it's not you looking back. I mean, like I said, part of the film will be looking back, but the last two films I've done have been entirely set in a completely different decade, you know? So uh, this will be happening in the here and now so 
That's exciting. And then uh, you yep. the new Texas governor in there. Oh, Beta O'Rourke. Yeah, like then he yeah. then the movie comes out oh, and he then running? he becomes governor. He's right. the governor. No, I mean he's it, it may be he. It's a it's a there there was Fingers. a he. There's some speculation because of because of what he did in uh, Texas. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, both his campaign, but also this last election. Like it, it's really yeah close. And then with the, some of the stuff that Abbott had, the, you know, he kind of pissed off both everybody. <laughs> So it's a good uh, opening for Beto, and and also with uh, what happened in Georgia, yeah. I think there's a lot of like, be like, hey, this if you keep the groundwork going, it's all about the groundwork and reaching people who have yep. are was, disaffected. Yeah. We had a huge progressive wave. My wife is actually really involved in like advocacy and activism, and we had a huge progressive wave hit Rhode Island that had which which I know people think Rhode Island since the Northeast state, but like up here we call them Dino Dems. Like our our Democrats are basically Republicans. And our Republicans are a little closer to liberal. It's it's very weird. So it's <clears throat> there's definitely a nationwide movement, which is wonderful uh, to see that we're all on the same page with it too. Because <laughs> if you pull out your MAGA hat, this would be a little different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this one maybe, and, and it'll pro it'll come out like likely when we're can be at film festivals again. Exactly. Uh, the hope is to get it, you know, yeah. to premiere it at like Toronto or something. You know. Yeah, I think so. I mean. I, I had my vaccine already, which I'm really grateful for. I'm hoping for everyone else to be able to get there when they're when they're able to. And yeah, so far I, so good. I, I, I mean, like I'm I'm hopeful for the movies that I'm gonna put out that I get to see you at. Maybe there'll be a South by Southwest again or yeah. something that goes there. I bet, I bet. I I, I, think I haven't that heard much people, about what's going on with them. People sure. crave art too much to ever. I, I don't know when it will be, but I don't ever think we'll ever go to an age where everything is fully digital, like Ready Player One. Like people yeah. need, and you know, we just we and this this year shows you how much how important that connection, like physical connection to being around other people, is. Like something I never really I took for granted as well. Hey Scott, are you gonna do are you gonna do virtual slam dance? Um. Oh, I don't, oh you mean this year? Oh, um, I'm not doing anything with it. I mean, I'll probably no no no. I mean I mean watch it. I mean, watch it. Like, oh. Are you gonna like? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Paul, um, you mentioned that Paul. You buy, um, yeah, Paul? I know. That's what I. That's what I mean. I imagine because they're doing a whole virtual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that's a good little segue to mention who else is producing the uh, yeah. documentary. There, you can mention that right now. Yeah. So Paul Rackman, who's the co-founder of Slam Dance, um, and also a filmmaker who directed American Hardcore. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be producing this with me. So oh wow, be yeah. Producer. Yeah. So um, I think we have a really good team of people. It, what a great age of uh, I mean, it's like a golden age of documentaries right now. Like, um, and it, the, the, when you were talking earlier, have you did you guys happen to see that um, knocking down the house with that one that had AOC and then she actually won? Kind of same story you had where they did well, except they didn't think she was going to win, so that made their documentary a lot better. That was really good. Yeah, that one really moved me and yeah. really, it was really beautiful. I'd love but, to get her for the film, you know, but I don't know. I, I bet you could. She might have some, some hardcore. No, once you ties. get Beto, bro, Beto, tell Beto to make the call, bro. <laughs> He's got to have her. He got to, like, no, at least follow her on Twitter. Like, like be like, Beto, yeah. slide in them DMs. Like, we need to get the AOC on this shit. <laughs> don't say it like that because then yeah. they'll be telling you you're weird. <laughs> I, um, I forgot his yeah. name, but the the guy from Most Precious Blood, remember that band? I think he's like a in New York. He's too? a 
is it New York? He, I know he's a rep. It's either New Jersey or New York, but yeah, it's like a hardcore. There's a few people. I'm, I'm going to interview him. I'm going after him as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's going to be, it, 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 and, and then I'm going to go back and, and talk to some folks like um, uh, Jack Grisham who run for, who ran for governor in California in the eighties. And I already spoke with Jello and, and things like that. So how yeah. is that? I would love to hear about the Jello interview. I think all of us are like, was it what we expect? Like uh, hard times does the best job making fun of him to the point where it just brings me endless joy. Um, no, Jell is a very smart, uh, very articulate guy, and um, you know, uh, it was uh, it was a good interview. That was fun. And I, I, I'm excited. Like you, I, it's incredible the uh, the names that for all your docs of like I'm like looking through all your lists. I'm like, oh my god, like you've gotten to talk to everyone. Huh. Were some of these people you known from like childhood, and some are like, oh my god, this is awesome. Um, yeah, for Sal days, um, a lot of those folks, you know, I'm still friends with, I mean, um, uh, you know, so that was easy. Um, Beto for this movie worked out because he was a fan of Sal days. And so, uh, he, yeah. And once I found that out, uh, I reached out and, and it was like immediate, like, yeah, let's do this. So easy sell. (laughs) Um, and then with the cream, you know, I think it's, Again, like with the cream doc, it, when you're on, when you're talking about a subject that means something to somebody and maybe hasn't been done before, um, and you know you just you hit a nerve and people are willing to come on board. Um, I think that's the case with any probably documentary. Um, I I, I to- totally agree. Not get, like it, these are busy people, so they better, you know, you're not going to get a yes unless they're really invested somehow in what you just you're doing story wise. Because very easy to say no. It's so easy to say no. The easiest thing is say, no, thank you, pass. And once you say yes, then you have some weirdo emailing you and calling you and saying, hey, let me come to your house and film you and ask you questions. And uh, like, especially like, I mean, I'm really, I I mean, I got to be honest, like that's like doing a talking head doc. It's uh, the commitment's so much less you know it's like oh an hour two hours or whatever your time so the ask is so much less to have someone just be a talking head in a documentary Mm. to go and do what you're doing with joe where you're saying let me follow you around for a few weeks let me come into your house let me be around let me just be you know like a fly on the wall but that just means like it's such a big ask especially yeah. if someone is running government and runs a band and like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. um, and, and kudos to you. I mean, that's, that, that's a huge amount of trust and a huge amount of, um, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he, he clearly sees that you could do something cool with it. Like um, um, trust, and he trusts that you're going to tell the story, but yeah, I mean, trust, trust is the first, but then he also is like, he, he's probably, you know, knows that he's going to do something cool with this and not just it, you know, the trust is, I think about like, Hey, I'm going to tell your story in an honest and, and, uh, you know, and uh, creative way. And that's a big, it's a big ask. It's, I mean, it's a big ask to like, cause it's, this will encapsulate everything he's done up to his life up to this point. It's going to going to be a retrospective in some ways. Cause yeah. he's uh, how old is Joe? 64, I believe. So he's 64. So, I mean, this is really, you know, like a, this is your life a little bit, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So putting that in your hands 
because for a lot of people, this will be the defining way they know about him and his background. Yeah. So, and, um, yeah. And I think for a lot of, I, I hope for a lot of people it'll be an introduction to him as well, you know, because I don't, I want this to kind of be, I'm hoping that's not, you know, and that's why I made sure to show that very early on. Well, Sean helped with the trailer, he knows, but, you know, just to set up that fact. Oh, you can say it. You can say it on here so they know. Tell yeah, them. Yeah. And, and Sean, you know, helped me set up <laughs> the fact that, you know, this is, um, that he, just very on in the trailer, I wanted people to know that, like, this is a guy that ran for office and won. It's not going to be like a bunch of talking heads. The Joe Keithley doc. Yeah, like uh, DOA were the greatest band ever. It's not going to be a DOA. It's not the DOA documentary. No, it's not. And I'm sure there, there are people that can do a better job of that than, than, than me. I, I just want to tell, um, I, I want to connect those dots between activism and, and, and actually um, you know, running for office and then winning. And then what do you do once you win? And then how do you, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked there. And, and I'm just, I'm. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see this Beto interview. I, I'm so yeah. excited. Like, I mean, I it's, hope I get to do it, but even if I don't, like, uh, I can't wait to see it in the movie, great. in the context. It's going to be so cool. Those parallels are going to be so interesting. And what, because uh, Beto really hit the zeitgeist and hit yeah, the yeah. mainstream. So Big like, time. Yeah. For to be able to parallel that story with Joe Keithley, I just think you've, man, you, 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 you know, this idea guy, you got so many good ideas, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know, you know, one, one thing I love about um, the idea of this interview, too, because at least my generation, I don't know where of, um, <clears throat> at least where I grew up in the scene I was in, like, I, I, I'm very guilty of having a lot of political apathy, like, because the, your scene had already happened. That was already like, you weren't here kind of thing. And like the political activism, like I, mean, I first learned about women's rights, veganism, uh, animal rights, all that stuff from going to like punk shows in Connecticut. But towards the end of my time and going to shows that kind of had disappeared. Like that was pretty par for the course where you would talk to like a tattooed dude with big ears telling you why you should be vegan or something. And I'm sure it still happens. I'm not involved in the scene, but like anymore, but I think it's so interesting. I remember having so many arguments with people in the back in the day of that, like, you know, there are people within our scene would probably think what uh, Joe is, do is doing is like the opposite. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's the man. Like, you can't be the guy because we're so anti-authority, fuck right. the man, all that stuff. Of course, I, I was 18 and had no bills. So right. I think that's so interesting to be like, well, you know, you know, bring be a part of the empire and bring it down from within or, or, or be the change while like fighting the change from within and then showing and he's still in a band which is even cooler like i think that's even more fascinating it's not like oh here's the guy who did something in the 80s and then 40 years later he's a politician it's like and i know you're going to draw that straight line of activism and music and then oh god it's it's such a it's just such a inspiring story and I, i'm really hoping this will encourage more people and younger people and people my age who are like up until trump were probably a little politically apathetic i think yeah i think i think it's it was a little easier to be apathetic um, until Trump, because uh, I'm not suggesting, you know, I had my issues with Obama as well, you know, but, sure. but I'm, I'm going to have issues with, I mean, I'm pretty left of the dial. So I'm going to, you know, nice. going to have issues with just about um, probably any um, Democrat in there. Um, but uh, I certainly was an enthusiastic supporter of him, but, but yeah, it was um, easier, I think, to be a little ap more apathetic. And then you have Trump come along where you just went, whoa, whoa, it was like a wake up call. Like, okay, yep. you know, mm -hmm. I've been sleeping for a little bit, it's time to wake up, you know? And uh, so, 
so yeah, so I'm, I'm excited and, and uh, it, it's a great sort of David and Goliath kind of story. And I'm, I'm always about underdog stories. I, I you know, um, really the, fir- the cream and style days are both kind of underdog stories. If you look at them, you know, in a certain way, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, GC was not New York or, or LA. It had to create its own thing and went on to, to do it on its own terms and uh, to, you know, a lot of success. And the same with Cream, where it was uh, not Rolling Stone and um, not some of these other slicker magazines, but yet had really defined music journalism um, and, and did it on their own terms and, and became a success at the same time. So uh, the number two magazine to Rolling Stone on the newsstand. So, um, but again, they were in Detroit you know, they were not on the coasts, they were Detroit. And so um, once again, another story of like, you know, I, I, I love how the sort of a, the geography plays a part in these stories, you know, not maybe, not, well, I guess in the case of Joey, it does too. I mean, I mean, can you imagine a guy named Joey Shithead ever getting elected in America? It just wouldn't happen. You know? No, Let not even in a small town. Not even in a small town. Not even a yeah, one Not even like a town of two stoplights with seven people. It would just, nope, it would just never happen. Would not happen. So, well, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. So be, this being your um, third documentary, and then of course the world had to change on us uh, last year. Uh, can, what's what, what's uh, what's the day to day like for actually both of like what's the day to day of like being a documentary like a filmmaker? Uh, I, I I would imagine there probably would have been more travel for this one prior to this. Yeah, usually, I mean, Sean, I'm sure it was the same with with his film. I mean, you're traveling I, with Cream. I traveled a lot. We traveled all over the place. Um, and it was just, that was a slog, that movie, that was, that was a lot of work. And, um, so by now, if this whole, if, you know, we were in a different, you know, if this whole pandemic thing wasn't, um, an issue. Yeah. I would have already traveled and I would have already shot stuff and, you know, done a lot more on the ground in, in, in Vancouver, although we did shoot a lot, um, so far, of, uh, in Vancouver, but there's a ton I want to do there. So just haven't been able to do that yet planning, educating myself. Yeah. I mean, I had a kind of a major disruption right just before the, uh, the end of the year, like literally before the end of the year uh, on the Age of Audio doc where I had to kind of go back and reevaluate a few things and kind of, uh, it's probably setting me back probably about six months. And it's, uh, so, I mean, I've been focusing on, like I said, learning on some new techniques. We, we shot some test stuff for some because we're doing some um what do you call it um comedic reenactments which is gonna be great uh they're gonna be really funny uh and so we shot a test version of one of those uh during the maybe like four of us you know that uh i I, i'm in it i I think i might end up putting myself in in these comedic reenactments but um but I, mostly I did it because so we could li- limit the amount of people that we had in, in, you know, the room. We did like rented like a WeWork kind of place that no one was in. We, you know, basically on the weekends, we had the place to ourselves. Um, uh, and I, I've been, I need to get back to editing more of the actual thing, but I kind of, I did a lot of editing and a lot of planning. It's been, <laughs> And I did some editing during the lockdown for the, because I, I, I helped uh, Scott with the trailer for yeah. uh, Something's Gotta Change. Oh, no we way. Worked, uh, yeah. Very closely together. Um, how, how do you guys know each I'd other? Say the, I'd say a good, 
well, I think they're the filmage guys. Sure. Oh, the filmage guys. Yeah, just being in the trenches together. Okay. Sean uh, showed up to the yeah. premiere, uh, the cream premiere at South by, and um, slipped me a shot of vodka, and I knew we were going to be instant good buddies. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, even before that, we had uh, connected from the filmage guys because yeah. um, the the list. The, the list of oh, venues yeah. and yeah. Uh, the, the Holy yeah. Grail um, oh. that uh, it's such a list of venues and small theaters that were playing that were super into punk rock stuff um, that the filmage guys, they gave it to me. I think Scott utilized it for a few of his uh, screenings there. Yeah, um, I, was, I was using it, uh, I think for that. And also I've helped um, on, well, when movies were in theaters, I was helping a lot of other filmmakers uh, do, you know, their, um, Oh, same. I was share. I shared that list with Ian and a few other people. Like, hey, here's yeah, here's uh, here's a list of the places that like this kind of shit. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but and then when, during South by the, the like, I was like, I was like, let's hang out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then he hit That's me so up cool. uh, uh, at, at a certain point and was like, hey, I, would you want to help me with this? And I was like, yeah, of course anything yeah anything i mean you're cool it's like <laughs> um and and scott is like so cool i mean he's a cool guy like i mean like beyond being a good director and i mean being a phenomenal director um he's he's fun and he's also uh if i can gush on him for a second he's so yeah, humble and not it. like he's he's not like he's just totally down to earth like the whole th the whole i think that even the idea of him being nominated that you brought that up at the beginning it was kind of like mm. <laughs> it's like it's great but i don't think he's doing it for that. that that that's not why he made the cream duck i think there's other people that are in his orbit that would love to see that happen but i don't think that was he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna this is gonna be my oscar i'm gonna have it i'm gonna rule the world i'm scott crawford you know, i think i think it's like um um, I think it goes back. I, I always, everything always goes back to, to kind of like, you know, um, those formative years, you know, when you're a kid and kind of like, and I don't know. So for me, it's, I'm always just, uh, I mean, of course all that stuff's great, but, uh, you know, I mean, ultimately we're not doing films just for ourselves. Right. I mean, you want an audience to see them. And so, you know, we're kind of narcissistic that way, but, but also just like storytelling and, you know, just thinking about, I don't know, I'm going to sound like some pretentious fucks. I don't want to get into it too much, but, but yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> you know, you spend a long time with these things and they become part of you and um, so you over your entire life. All consuming. And, um, and, you know, sometimes you have to step back for a month. I had to do that with, well, I mean, with cream, it was just, yeah, you know, definitely had to do that with cream and with salad days too i mean anything i think that's normal and you know anytime yeah. you doing something creative you have to if you're writing you have to go like okay i need a, a day or two um yeah oh absolutely for about two i mean right after it happened i i i couldn't even i didn't even think i responded it was an email i got and i, I didn't even respond back to the email for a while but i i basically went into like um a, a, a temporary depression <laughs> And stepped away from the, the whole thing and just kind of dove into like watch. Yeah. I think I watched a series with my yeah. wife and like I was like, get more. I don't want to do. I don't want to like even think right now because it was like nothing I could do about it. And I knew I was gonna have to figure out the problem 
later. And so I was like, I don't need to worry about this right now. And I'm just going to and, and not suppress, just like not let myself ruminate on it because I'll just get myself into it. You know, uh, yeah. it's just not yeah, good, okay. enough, you know. So I did, but then the new, it was just for the new year, but then the new year came and I woke up on New Year's Day and I was like, you know what? This is part of the process. This is, you know, things change and you have to be able to roll with the changes, especially you're making a documentary or you're making something over the course of sometimes three or four years. Yeah. People's lives change, people's like perspectives change, people's like, you know, what they thought three years ago, they may not think that anymore and may not want, you know, so it, it gives me an opportunity to step away from the thing for a second and just like, okay, I have a great movie here. I just have to maybe rethink it. And to be honest with you, um, right now I'm so excited about, I mean, I had to mourn the loss of what that movie, that particular movie was going to be because um, it'd been in my head and working with it for like, two and a half years or something like that and not that it like it's going to change the movie like dramatically but uh definitely um is this the podcast doc? it yeah okay. you don't have to talk I, about it. I had one of my i had one i had one of my main subjects that i was going to be doing the uh cinema verte kind of thing and they cut we were we were a week before we were supposed to go out there like uh they basically kind of they didn't like and I've talked to them since this they just didn't want to put themselves they didn't want to cause drama in their in their lives by stating certain opinions or like taking a position on certain things yeah. as far as I could tell you know you know you don't know they said they still said they wanted to participate but they didn't want to not at the level that I was wanting to Got it. so I had to kind of reevaluate what I was going to do and I'm still in the process of figuring that out like um I have a I actually have a call with another subject that I'm going to see if, you know, give them the, the pitch and see if they're interested in um, giving me the, the level of access that I want. Cause I don't want to do just a talking head documentary. I, I want never it to be. Where, hey, you know, you never more, know. This will lead you. I mean, that path ended, but it's going to lead you to something new and you know, you oh, I'm be, so excited about it. You could be more blown away by this new thing. So that's, I'm so, I'm <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited. And uh, some of the people that um, have agreed to be in the movie and then I'm, I'm talking with, I mean, we just have so much great stuff. So I was yeah. never worried from an existential, right. like the movie is over. It's just like that version of the movie is over. But we have so much amazing stuff already. Uh, I'm not worried about what the end result is. I just know that it's going to, because I had spent, you know, a few years building up that relationship and that trust and that, um, you know, and I'd been in touch, you know, it's, I, it's cold feet, you know what I mean? And I, I don't, I, I uh, you know, can't help but think it was me, but from what they told me that it had nothing to do with, it just had to do with more with wanting to kind of keep their heads down and kind of focus on their work and not necessarily be, you know, in the subject of a documentary, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, they can like, come back to, you never know. Yeah, no, and that was the other thing about like giving it some space and letting it breathe and just being not tied to, you know, there's certain pressure, not a lot hardcore, but there's certain pressure like, hey, we got to get this thing done, you know, and it's like, I mean, as, as fast as I can, you know, I'm doing what I can, sure. you know, and not that there's, like I said, there's not pressure, like hard pressure, it's just, it's more excitement pressure, like, oh man, we just, 
if we get this done, this, you know, it, there's things we can do, but I need to, uh, you know, let the movie, you know, just ride this, ride this thing out. It's, ride the uh, wave. I always think I'm like, oh, I, I'm three years in. I'm like, oh God, this is so long. And then like, I hear like on a document, like a, a documentary podcast, they're like, well, we've been working on this documentary for 13 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to sell half, half of my leg. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's like okay, I'm 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 all right. I'm okay. I'm all right. Okay. Uh, oh, and it didn't make any money. We couldn't get distribution. Right. Like, like <laughs> oh god, <laughs> oh man. No, you both. Uh, I saw you're doing a Kickstarter for uh, for this one as well with really cool prize, with really cool stuff for the backers and stuff. What was your decision to go? Well, uh, why why Kickstarter? Why not Kickstarter specific? Why crowdfunding for for this doc? Well, I felt like this was the right audience for that. Um, I mean, the first two we did that too. Uh, we did Kickstarter and we were successful with Kickstarter with both campaigns, but I felt specifically with this um, uh, film that that was the right place to go because uh, I don't know, it, you know, it's, there's a, I really, I love the communal part of it all. Like we're all yeah. making this thing together. And so I felt like that was the right spirit to, um, to start things off with, uh, you know, when you're making a, a film about something like this and, you know, that, this will get us off the ground and running. And then of course we'll have to, you know, seek out additional funding, but, but this will get us, you know, like I said, off the ground and running. And, um, you know, we hit our goal in eight days. Woo! Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, Woo! It, it blew me away. And so I'm really grateful for, for all the support, but we have new stretch goals. Now we have a new goal we want to reach. So, um, go to kickstarter.com, go to something better change, just search up something better change. And uh, it'll come right up and you can see we're, we're giving away everything from guitars to yeah. picks to LP bundles to DVD. We just added a DVD bundle, um, hoodies, T-shirts, uh, you know, yeah. so um, there's something for everyone. And every you said, sorry. Uh, now you said that you still had to find additional funding. Now, that's something that I don't think a lot of people knew, even like myself up until maybe semi-recent, like, I guess if you're not in this world in any sense i always i guess i always had the view like oh you do the kickstarter and that's all your money but i didn't realize how many people do the kickstarter and that's like like you said it's just that's just climbing the first step and then you have to find like that that, that is amazing do you do you guys remember when um was it veronica mars movie did the, oh, the yeah. first was the first one or was it yeah yeah they made like a million dollars and then the like the the backlash was like well just pay for it yourself or blah 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 yeah. and then which I guess I wasn't that person, but I didn't understand. I thought like, oh, a million dollars, they're going to make a movie. But then like what you just said, it was like, no, that gets, that gets yeah. our foot in the door. Then we got to do the X, Y, and Z. Exactly. I mean, it, um, there's so many expenses and there's so many surprises along the way um, that you don't see or anticipate. I mean, I think now I'm probably better at anticipating some of this stuff, but um, I'm sure Sean will agree. There's like, you know, hiccups along the way that you just go, oh, shit, you know, more you know, uh, the music component is, is always expensive. Um, uh, the post-production is expensive. Uh, and then you have to, you know, so um, it's just, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to, to get the movie off the ground and, and get it to be noticed. And, and, uh, and then it gives you something that you can take out to investors and say, look, we did this and, um, you know, and then Look, you, we raised we raised money from people directly. Right. So clearly, if this, if these people will pay for a movie that's not even made yet, 
Mm. There's de definitely going to be a larger audience that will watch it that are not this many core people exist. It extends out to those the right. other layers of fans, people who are like people who there's another layer of people who buy it when it's coming out. And then there's another who watch it when it streams like and like if this many people are willing to pay for it without it even existing based on the concept alone, like uh, you're, you're probably in a, a strong place to uh, it's it's a it's more of a sure bet. Yeah, it puts you in a stronger position. And, and also it, it's just it's also kind of um, like a, a check for you too. like it's kind of a way of going like, OK, I, this is a good idea, you know, like. Like yeah. I was saying earlier, right, 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 you, right. You've got a great idea, but not everyone else might think that. And so you do this, and it's sink or swim. And you know, it's every dollar. If you don't make your goal, you're you're fucked. You don't get a dime. So um, you're putting it all out there, and you just hope you know that your idea is a good one. So this is a way to kind of go. Yeah, I guess it is. You know, so uh, yeah, validation. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. I'm. I'm not the most verbal today, so thank you. It's like um, a band who has to uh, like uh, make a good demo before they get signed, kind of right, thing. Right, something like that. You got to you got to show like that warped tour era where the bands had to like have ten thousand sales before like on label before they all collapsed in on themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of similarities between um, between that. It's like uh, you know people come along and they want to buy your film before you're even finished, and then you do that and then it's kind of like uh, when, you know, like in the nineties or I'm sure it's still happening, but when there was that feeding frenzy in the nineties and all those bands, you know, would sign, you know, like Red Cross or something would get signed to a major label and they'd get a huge advance and they'd, it would be a great fucking record, but it would only sell like a thousand copies, you know, and they'd get dumped the next day and it became a tax write off for the major label. It's very similar to films that they're the same way. And so, um, you know, I just prefer I just like the organic approach and I like, um, I feel like I know the audience and, um, but I want to, I'm looking forward to doing something outside of my comfort zone next, but, um, which will be interesting, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this is, um, yeah, it's, it's a, like I said, it's when you're doing a, a documentary, you're living with it for years and years and years. And so you better have, you better love <laughs> what it is that you're, making a film about and then there's so many ups and downs and yeah i don't know i don't know how any i mean i'm i'm like a we're all like a flea on the ass of hollywood right like we're we're nothing but, but you know so imagine like well sean's not but um but imagine <laughs> i am like, a flea i want to be a flea too but <laughs> hollywood sean <laughs> but um such a, well, I'm no, a flea i'm a speck on the flea if you're a flea i'm the speck on your flea but but imagine like how fucked up it's got to be at that to maintain that level. I can't even imagine like what that. And I've taken like I can't. Well, whatever. Like I for the last film, um, I can't go into specifics. But we took meetings with studios, and I um I and it was <laughs> I, I won't go into it too much. But it was it literally like something out of um what's that fucking show on HBO with um, Entourage? It was like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, where you're like in the, you're in there and they have like the, like the, the meeting, like where you're meeting um, and you're pitching, there's like a bar in the actual office, you know, full of liquor and it's looking out. Oh, shit. And, you know, you're pitching your ideas and they're like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but um, 
Yeah. So that literally. That's when you stand up. That's when you stand up. You go zippity bow. And they're like, "What?" I was like, "I don't know." Like you guys are falling asleep. I figure I need to do something. Like, do you want to hear this? Do you want to hear me? I'm saying that as not in the room because you're in your room. You're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." Right. Did right. I squeak too loud? But you you want to be like, listen, motherfucker, like you're just a regular person. I'm yeah. saying something cool here. Do you don't give a shit? Why am I here? Why am I here if you don't give a shit? Yeah. Like, why did I get the info? Sorry. Um, but and I, I have yeah, like why? Like, why waste the time? I don't know. And I, I, I have a little bit of a I'm kind of a brat. So like I, I, I probably am not the best person to have those things. But um, but I mean, I keep my mouth shut, but, you know, I, I always go into everything just sort of going like, OK, well, let's 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 see where this is going to take us. And as so, long as I have final say, that's all, that's uh, I was like, that's my I was like, as long as I have final say, I mean, I'm down for whatever. As long as I have yeah. final say. Yeah, <laughs> like what do you guys want to do? I'm totally down as long as I get the final say. Well, I mean, which is practically impossible. You get to certain levels. Because yeah, they're like, well, you don't have two million dollars, sir. You have final say, <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, I would. Yeah, we'd advise you to go in this direction. You can go. You can keep it the way you want, but we really strongly advise you. In other words, you know, we're giving you fucking money, so um, you don't really have final say. But That's we're, we're pretending like you do. We're pretending like you have that's the problem with the money. That's the problem with the money. That's true. It's control. Even 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 if it's not like uh, like implicit, like 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 um, like you're talking about, like, I mean, even if the situation is like they don't even say anything, they're still like uh, you're still crafting. You're still would be crafting to the expectations of the people who gave you money, like because like. Even if they don't say anything, you're still there. It's still there. Like they gave me money. I have an obligation. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not like not, and, shitting and, and, on it. No, no. And there's a responsibility to those folks as well. But there's also a responsibility to, to yourself and, and, and to the audience. And well, so even crowdfunding, even crowdfunding, you have a responsibility now. So you have a responsibility. They, they're your executives. But you pitched it to them and they weren't sitting in the executive room staring at the watch. They were like, this is an amazing idea. Right. This is exciting. I'll give you three dollars or yeah. ten dollars or fifteen dollars or whatever. That's worth it. I take I take that pretty seriously because I mean people are, you know, they're not seeing your business plan. They're not, they're not, you know, not they're not looking at this and going, well, let's see, we could monetize this if we uh, you know, it, it and so the that's you know, people say Kickstarter is a nightmare or crowdfunding is a nightmare, and, and it is challenging, but the, the trade-off is is that you don't have to do exactly what I just said. Like there's a trade-off. So yes, you have to fulfill these rewards and you have to, and there's a lot of things about crowdfunding that people maybe don't on the back end that people don't know about. But, um, but also, you know, there's a luxury in that too. And the luxury is, is that you're not, like I said, you're not, someone hasn't written you a uh, check and, you know, a guy in his, you know, three piece suit hasn't written you a check and said, okay, now make, you know, triple my money, you know? So it's, I don't know. It, you know, it, it, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, it's, I, I just, um, give and I, take. Yeah. I just like the freedom that comes from that and, and, um, and hope that people, there's just different pressures. Yeah. There's different yeah. pressures. It's a different kind of pressure than someone who's looking for an investment because right. there are people who invest in movies that don't care about tripling their money. They care about the outcome of the movie and wanting to have yeah. a name on it and wanting right. it to be successful. Um, and then there's like, your crowd that just wants to see something cool that you promised them. Like um, it's a, it's, it's i uh, I'm really excited about it. I mean, I was excited when he approached me about 
helping out with the trailer and like, oh, this is going to be really cool. Um, and then it was really exciting to see when it launched and see people it, like um, seeing people be stoked about it. And then also I hadn't seen I'd been out of the loop a little bit yeah. for the last few months because uh, we did it during the quarantine and kind of got to a, a pretty good place. And then I he got Jello and Beto and a bunch of people. So like I was watching the trailer. I was like, what? 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 Yeah. What? What? No, what? Oh, my gosh. I should, I should, I was in such a rush and I'm sorry, I should have been better about that. But yeah, it was just like, well, no, 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 no. I, it's, it was fun to learn. Like, yeah. as the, like I said, I mean, it's your, it's your project. I got to have a little like help, like work with you on an aspect of it, which is my honor um, to, to do that. But I mean, it, it's, it was cool to kind of see it pop up and then as it's running, if that makes sense. Right, like, right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like, all of a sudden, like, oh, it's going. And oh my gosh, it hit their goal. Oh, that's great. I guess the, I guess the pitch video worked. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. I guess we did a halfway, I guess I did a halfway distant job. Um, it's just exciting to see uh, like your idea coming to fruition. It's great to see um, that vaccines are rolling out. So you might actually be able to make it this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the plan is you know to start doing some stuff in the summer in Vancouver, in his hometown um and uh and start traveling to do uh some interviews so um man this has been uh, a ton of fun I'm, I'm so excited to get to get to talk to you again and um it's at least from like my outside perspective it's been so cool because it seems like there's like a class of, of filmmakers and like, you, like there might not be a direct connection from like the last blockbuster to Salad Days, but to me there is. I'm like, well, you know, you made Salad Days, and then I know that Sean, that was something that you really liked. And then after talking to Taylor, uh, that you know Taylor really liked the Fat Rex. So it's like, oh, I think punk rock. You know, you open up the the record, you look at the thank yous. It's it's so cool to see that 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 exists within this like independent like documentary filmmaker. And thank you guys for making art that I just fucking love and getting let me talk to you about it. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for thanks for giving us the forum, man. Yeah. So, um, any uh, last Hell plugs? Yeah. Um, only plug I've got is my my one and only, which is Kickstarter. Something better change. We still got 18 days left in the um. I don't know when this is going to air, but we've got as of today, which is the second of February. We have 18 days left in the campaign. So, um, again, any anything you can, any dollar amount would be uh, appreciated, and uh, it all counts. So, thank you. Well, awesome, Sean. You want to do your plugs? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll plug my band for the first time ever. Um, I, I haven't played a band called Nonstarter, and we did this over the quarantine. We shot this music video for the song, um, and it's really like a short film. We did about five shooting days, and there's like drone stuff, and it's uh, like it's about a you know a guy that's kind of at his lowest point, just getting out of jail, and um, and kind of dealing with that feeling of isolation and, and being at your lowest point. So it felt very appropriate during the, the lockdowns uh, as we shot it. So um, we're really excited about it. And uh, we're going to, I'm going to finally have a real YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So um, next month that comes out. So if, and we have some stuff on Spotify right now. Uh, we did an EP called season stunt man. Uh, it's on uh, Spotify. It's got a, you know, uh, evil Knievel looking guy um, on the cover. So yeah, if you, anyone wants to check that out, I'd be stoked for them to check it out, especially if they like awesome. punk rock stuff. So well, thank you guys.
Why, hello there, podcast friend. I'm Ash Blodgett, co-host of the podcast Let's Rewatch. Together with my co-host and Red Opera D&D campaign writer Pat Edwards, we made a short film in quarantine called Joiding Call. And it's finally coming out. The film is the story of a group of people trying to get together to play D&D via a video chat. But all the usual quarantine issues get in the way, such as kids. Daddy, is this Game of Thrones? Bobby, what are you doing? Daddy, no, come on, it's bedtime. Poor internet connections. Thou must cast ye techno devils from thine magic picture box. Couples at each other's throats. I want to blow some ogres up with a fireball. Why is your first instinct to always kill things? And more. Zoe, stop drinking! Oh, that reminds me! I haven't had the boss yet! The film basically takes a snapshot of what life is like right now through the lens of nerds. So join us on our quest November 20th over on my YouTube channel, Laughstash TV, for the film's premiere. You can get there by going to youtube.com slash Laughstash TV. And that's stash as in S-T-A-S-H. Till then, I'll just be over here practicing my nat 20s. Ooh, critical hit.